It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right. What's up, everybody? Happy rainy Tuesday in Las Vegas. Hello, PTL fans out there across the land. Uh, we are, of course, broadcasting live on KSHP, but we're also on uh, YouTube, the fan page there, PTL Vegas. Uh, and uh, we're we're switching some naming up a little bit here on this show, some branding, so to speak. But uh, I'll explain. But we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We literally are everywhere broadcasting for you because I love all of you so much, even my MAGA supporters out there. Yes, I do. And uh, we are so happy uh, that you uh, continue to uh, support what we do here. So we got a lot to get to today and a lot to go over. But usually I do the rundown right to start the show. But today's a little bit of a different day because my permanent co-host has arrived in Las Vegas from L.A. Uh, just storming into the studio. That's right. <laughs> Jamie D., who... Uh, uh, came on the show several weeks back he's now my official co-host as i've mentioned yes. on the show uh jamie it's good to see you here my friend good to see you brian How good to you see been? you in the flesh here yes. as my official co-host i'm excited and, to finally be here yeah. well people yes. get people get sick of me so they want they want <laughs> they want something fresh so anyway i'm yes. glad you're here jamie thank you so much and uh we're gonna have some fun and listen thanks for bringing me first, on yes you, this being the first of many many days and i'll tell you something you couldn't have picked a busier news week to join me i'll tell <laughs> right. you there's a lot going on in the world as, particularly in this country and you you picked a good first week to uh, to join the show. Jump right uh, in. Yeah, man. Hey, Jamie, we got a lot to get to, man. Uh, so coming up here in just a, a couple quick minutes, uh, we're going to be speaking to a great journalist, Daniel Littman from Politico. He's been covering this possible and it seems like eventual Donald Trump indictment. Right. So he's going to kind of be giving you uh, the latest on that and, and talk to us about that. And uh, it's interesting. A White House press briefing yesterday was interrupted by uh, a nut job, and we have the audio to prove it. We're going to play that for you. Um Kind of to give you kind of the basics and kind of the latest on, on what's going on, uh, law enforcement officials met with the, the NYPD headquarters in Manhattan yesterday uh, for this possible indictment, and they're putting barricades everywhere, and they're getting people ready. Uh, this indictment is expected soon. Donald Trump goes on Truth Social. He says he's going to be indicted and expects to be indicted today. And then sources close to law enforcement say it might not happen until next week. Right. So who knows? Right. Who knows what what's going to be happening here? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, attorney Robert Costello, who uh, once advised former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen, testified before the grand jury on uh, Monday afternoon. And uh, it's unclear whether Donald Trump will be handcuffed or not. Right. Um, don't know for sure. Uh, I doubt that's going to happen. If it did happen, that would certainly put a smile on my face. But I, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. That would make I, your whole year. <laughs> I would say probably not. But here's the funny part, Jamie, about this is that. Donald Trump is going to be fingerprinted. That's yep. going to happen. There's going to be a mugshot. That's going to happen. <laughs> That's going to be a former president of the United States. There's going to be a mugshot. That's a hundred percent. He's not expected to have this perp walk, which is very unfortunate. Right. Um, and he's not expected to be paraded in handcuffs. So, so I think what's probably going to happen here is this probably is going to be like some sort of virtual thing. Uh, maybe through the internet. I, I don't know how they're going to go about doing this, but they're probably going to do it, it you know, privately where the public doesn't see any of this right. stuff, which is probably appropriate. Well, they're saying that he's still technically in Florida right now. So I wonder how that's going to all happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot, um, 
that's still up in the air here. Yeah. But I believe that Donald Trump is going to be indicted. It might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow, but it'll probably be happened uh, next week. Next week. What I'm going to get into in this show, Jamie, is what I would like to call Republican hypocrisy. Okay. Because it's interesting. You know, a lot of Republicans out there are saying this is uh, weaponized. It's being politicized. Yet, you know, the same thing seemed to happen to Hillary Clinton. You remember the lock her up chants yep. and all that stuff. So we're going to get into that. But I figured what better person to talk about this? Uh, Politico's just been right on this from the get-go with this possible indictment. And one of my favorite reporters at Politico, always enjoy him when he comes on this show, just gives it to us straight. I'm talking about Daniel Littman from Politico, who joins us right now on the line. Daniel, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Daniel, pretty busy. <laughs> pretty busy <laughs> you guys have been over the course of the last, I don't know, days, weeks, months, years. <laughs> but yeah. uh, when it comes to this possible indictment, what I just said is that you know, Trump said it could be today, and then we're hearing from sources close to law enforcement it could be next week. What have you guys heard at Politico? Yeah, it's a kind of conflicting information. Um, yesterday we had heard it was going to be tomorrow uh, in, in terms of Wednesday, and so it seems like it's going to come the next week. We just don't know the specific day, and so they're keeping things close to the vest, and they are kind of figuring things out in terms of planning of security considerations about taking Trump in and whether, you know, the Secret Service negotiations with uh, the other law enforcement agencies. So it's a kind of a moving ball right now. Daniel, are you concerned, uh, as I think some people are, in regards to, you know, violence, violent protest? We remember what happened on January 6th. We know Trump didn't specifically say we want you to be violent, but he did say he wants protests out there. What do you think is going to happen when he is indicted? I don't think there's going to be uh, violent protests because if you look at the what happened on January 6th, there's a thousand people who have been arrested, uh, people who are still in jail uh, in some cases or going to jail or been sentenced. They've lost their jobs, sometimes their families. They've got divorced and they've lost their reputations um, among mainstream society. Maybe they sometimes become folk heroes in the Trump world, but. The I think people have taken that and said, I don't want to stick my neck out for Trump and get involved in uh, any violence. You even had Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, say there should not be protests uh, if there is a, a Trump indictment. So seems like people have learned their lesson and are not going to rise up and rebel against this. Now, Daniel, we know that Trump is known to incite violence and to just stir up so much commotion as it pertains to his positioning and power. How do you think he will react if he is indicted? Uh, well, he's at least he's not going to flee the country, so <laughs> we can count that as good news. Um, the I think he's going to re react by trying to take advantage of this politically and um, mm -hmm. and get to a point where he can try to win the Republican nomination office. And you're already right. seeing people like Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence criticize what the DA is doing, although DeSantis put in a dig about, oh, I don't I don't know personally about using hush money to pay off a porn star. So that was kind of, uh, uh, you know, a nice uh, subtle dig at, uh, or not so subtle dig at Trump. Yeah. Uh, not something that DeSantis, I don't think DeSantis uh, sleeps with porn stars. Right. <laughs> no, pro probably not, uh, especially not with those white boots on. But anyway, for just joining us, uh, Daniel Littman from Politico. All right, Daniel, so you could call this conspiracy theories, but this is kind of like what I've heard for, in regards to this indictment. I've heard some people say 
that this could actually be a good thing for Democrats because this could propel Trump to beat DeSantis. And, and nobody thinks, at least not many people think Trump could beat Biden if he's the Republican nominee. So some people are saying this could be a positive for Democrats. And I hear others saying, what are you talking about? This was a bad thing for Donald Trump. He could be a convicted felon. Then he can't run for office. Have you heard both of those? And, and what do you make of that? Yeah, I've definitely heard those arguments. It's debatable in terms of uh, who's going to be helped or hurt. I think the bigger answer is, you know, the bigger lesson is that no one is above the law and that if you violate the law, even if uh, you get away with it for a while, you can't just falsify business records and commit campaign finance violations with uh, impunity. And so I think that is... uh, you know, we should keep the, the larger picture in mind and not lose sight of that fact. And then we'll see what a jury in Manhattan does and whether it convicts Trump or not. And if he can get his, if it stays a felony or it goes to a misdemeanor and just what happens. But this is a momentous time in American politics because he would be the first president to ever get charged with a crime like this. No question. Uh, so I'm going to get into this uh, a little bit later in the show, but I want to ask you about this. You know what Kevin McCarthy said and the Jim Jordans and many of the Republicans who are saying, you know, this is politics. You know, they're going after Trump because of who he is, you know, staunch Republican, yada, yada, yada. And then I think to myself, Daniel, we remember the chance, lock her up. Republicans started those chants years ago in regards to Hillary Clinton and her server and deleted emails. And, you know, we can go back and, and, and we can talk about, you know, political witch hunts of Republicans and the eight Benghazi investigations into Hillary Clinton that found absolutely nothing. I mean, I find it the definition of hypocrisy, especially politically. How do you see that? Well, it definitely is a, a fact of the matter is that, uh, Trump has had a lot of investigations. They haven't led to criminal charges until likely this week or next week. Um, but I think with the end of his presidency, it's, it's, things are coming to the surface. Like, I remember his find those missing votes in Georgia or, uh, you know, his involvement in the January 6th trying to overturn a, a duly elected uh, election and so a duly conducted election. And so usually you can, like, from the law for a long time, but sometimes the law catches up with you, and that's what uh, we're finding now with Trump. Right, and Daniel, you're saying that the law catches up with you. However, we're seeing a lot of the Republicans saying that this is a political attack, and they're t- they took way too long to come after Trump in this matter. What do you think is the appropriate time to bring up a case if it's been years past? No, it's definitely a, um, a good question. I think it's there's never a bad time to do the right thing legally. And so it's, uh, but we should remember federal prosecutors passed on, on charging Trump for this. And so I think the onus is going to be on the, uh, on the DA to prove that he violated a law. There's some untested legal theories here. They're trying to connect some things that have not been connected before, but, uh, we're in uncharted territory with a former president. And so, um, I think, we kind of have to wait and see, and we have to presume innocence until proven guilty. And so that Trump, you know, should be afforded that opportunity, uh, and that should be mentioned as um, frequently as possible. Since just yeah. because you get charged by the government doesn't mean that you're guilty. That's we live in a democracy right. with uh, the rule of law, and that's part of the rule of law. Absolutely. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. As much as I despise Donald Trump, he deserves his day in court. And, and I wouldn't take that. I want to take that away from anybody. Uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting uh, 
week or so, two weeks or so to see uh, when, in fact, he is indicted and how that plays out. Daniel Lippman, you know how much I appreciate what you and, and what you guys do over there at Politico. Keep up the great work, my friend, and uh, appreciate, you. appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate that. Daniel Lippman, great journalist over there at Politico uh, on a very busy, <laughs> busy day. Uh, boy, does it get any more busy than this, right? I mean, we have the elections, the presidential elections, not that far out. Ron DeSantis not actually coming out saying he's going to run for president, but we all know he is at a time when the former president is now running for president again. And we're on a Donald Trump indictment watch, which I didn't think I would ever see in my lifetime, a ever. former president get indicted. Uh, this, this is craziness. Uh, and I hope Daniel's right, by the way. I hope that there's no violence or violent protest. It's right. funny because uh, there's a there's a, a, a two people that have been on this show before. They're called the good liars. And they, they prank political people. I don't know if you've seen their stuff on social right. media, Jamie, but it's funny because – all the news networks, not all of them, but a lot of them were outside of the Trump Tower, and, mm-hmm. and supposedly there was going to be this big protest, and there were literally like 10 Trump supporters there, <laughs> right. and there were like 100 members of the media. So they're mm-hmm. interviewing this guy from The Good Liars, and he's a prankster, and he makes fun of people. So they're doing this live interview with him. I'll, I'll try to play it for us tomorrow. And they're interviewing him, and the, the guy who's interviewing him has no idea this guy's a prankster. Right. And they go, so what do you think about this rally? And the guy answered him and goes, well, it's great. We got all these members of the media here, and let me see. I think we have... Joey, a Trump supporter there, and I think we have like four Trump supporters. So yeah, it's great. And he's like right. totally mocking this guy live on the because it's so ridiculous. Right. You have all these members of the media there, and there's like there's like literally eight, nobody in attendance. Eight Trump supporters <laughs> there. It's, it was actually a really funny moment. All right, so let's get to business where I like to talk about hypocrisy, Jamie, all the time. So I want to play you some audio from the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who was asked about this possible indictment, mm. asked about the Stormy Daniels uh, case. And uh, this was uh, his response to a question that was brought to him by a member of the media in regards to this whole situation. Have a listen to this. It doesn't matter if this was President Trump or if this was a Democrat. It should be equal justice in America. And stop going after people because you have political differences. I see people all the time that I have political difference. I respect their opinion. I may disagree with it, but why would you ever try to use the law for it? And it goes directly against everything that this Manhattan DA has professed. He brags about lowering felonies to misdemeanors and not prosecuting. We've watched crime in New York where people are afraid to walk the streets. We watched campaigns. And I will tell you, one of the reasons we won races in New York is based upon this DA of not protecting the citizens of New York. And now he's spending his time on this. Okay, so absolutely ridiculous. First of all, McCarthy and the Republicans went after Hillary Clinton on how many different occasions? It was James Comey from the FBI a week before the 2016 presidential elections putting false all this information that turned out not to be true. And a lot of people would say that's why Hillary lost the 2016 election. Do I need to go through the Hunter Biden laptop and all the attacks today that Republicans have put forth on Joe Biden and the Biden family and Hunter Biden and this laptop and nobody has ever shown me, I haven't seen any actual real evidence that Joe Biden committed a crime I haven't seen any real evidence that Hunter Biden, you know, colluded with his father in any way, shape or form. Yet Kevin McCarthy is saying it doesn't matter whether it was a Democrat or Republican. He is completely full of crap. He is spineless and he's a liar. 
because all they're, they've been doing, and by the way, Jim Jordan is trying to interfere with an ongoing investigation, which is illegal right now. This is going to be an indictment put forth and helped put forth by a grand jury. Clearly, there's enough evidence to indict Donald Trump or they wouldn't do it. And Jim Jordan is trying to interfere in that, and he has no right to do so. What Jim Jordan and the Republicans are doing is against the law. Make no mistake about it. It's against the law. Now, listen, if they indict him, which they will, and if Donald Trump is not convicted of a crime and he's found innocent, then so be it. Let the chips fall where they may. But Kevin McCarthy is making this out to be that Republicans don't do this, that Republicans don't go after Democrats and make things political. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to say that a part of this isn't political. Yes, Donald Trump is hated by Democrats. By the way, Donald Trump is hated by most reasonable Americans in this country, both Republicans and Democrats. That's why he didn't win the popular vote in 2016. And that's why he got destroyed in the popular vote in 2020. And if he is the Republican nominee, he is going to get destroyed in 2024. The majority of people in this country do not like Donald Trump because he's a bad guy. Okay. I could say far worse about he's a horrible person. So yeah, as a part of this may be political, I'm not going to say no, But you're telling me that it's not political when they go after Hunter Biden and the Hunter Biden laptop and they accuse Joe Biden as being a a war crime, not a war crime family, but a criminal family. Of course, it goes the other way as well. Of course, it does. And this isn't even the strongest case. You know, let's let's not forget about uh, all the classified documents that he took with him to Mar-a-Lago or uh, what he did with Georgia uh, election officials and trying to overturn the outcome of the election or the possible incitement. I call it the incitement of the January 6th insurrection. There are stronger cases out there or 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 the Trump uh, uh, charity, uh, uh, you know, that 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 hit members of his family stole money from the Trump charity organizations. There's a lot of other cases out there. This is one of many. I think this is the weakest. Look, I don't know how you feel about this, Jamie, but, you know, sleeping with a porn star, (laughs) unprotected sex or not, (laughs) a couple months after your wife has a child, it makes you probably a bad person. Not probably. It makes you a bad person. You're a bad guy. (laughs) That's not. But right. Of course. But that's not against the law. Right. Right. We could look down upon someone for having no moral compass. That's fine. Right. Right. But that's not what this case is about. Right. This case is about altering documents. Using funds. Exactly. Falsifying documents, using funds that you shouldn't have been used. It's why his former attorney, Michael Cohen, went to jail. Mm-hmm. So this, this is serious. This isn't just a nothing burger. I mean, you can't do that, right. especially the day before the presidential election. Right. So if there's a there there, and it's and I believe there is, he's found guilty, great. If he's found innocent, fine. But, you know, regardless... He's going to have his day in court. He's going to have access to probably the best attorneys, uh, not Rudy Giuliani. And, um, you know, we'll have to see where the chips fall. But I don't know how you feel about this case, but I have no problem with it at all. So my issue is I don't appreciate the fact that Kevin McCarthy is being very dismissive of the facts. Mm -hmm. The facts are is that Donald Trump committed a crime. His party committed a crime and they're trying to cover it up. And he's speaking about the fact that. This isn't, this is a political issue. It is. It's a political issue. We got, we got to call a spade a spade, but things don't happen. We want them to happen. I don't think the public remembers that this isn't an issue that just started a month and two months ago. I've heard about the story when he was becoming president years ago. It just got swept under the rug because it wasn't something that, that could have actually gone into court in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't appreciate the fact that he's trying to act like this is taking so much away from tax dollars and taking so much from other different crimes that are happening in New York. It's just a time that it's happening in. And it's the biggest news line, news headline in this moment. And he's trying to use this to 
gain his own political power. I don't think people are realizing that he's using his voice to make himself look powerful. Yep. At the end of the day, you have to realize Trump did a bad thing. Trump needs to be in court. He needs to go through the process of the due process like anybody else. And if you want to talk about equal law against dem Democrats and Republicans, this is equal. To not be equal is well, to just indict him. To not be equal is to not even deal with the situation. But we're dealing with the situation like we would any regular person, regular Joe Smo in New York or anywhere else, and he may get his time. I think at the end of the day that they're afraid that a political power is going to get indicted and that's going to make things too real for them. Yeah. Because that makes it a precedent for them to get in trouble for their own actions as well. I don't know if this is necessarily good or bad for Democrats. I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how this thing shakes out. Trump's got a lot more problems and a lot more legal issues than just this, this case. But um, here's what I will tell you. For the Republicans out there, and there are many of you out there, that seem to have a problem with Trump being indicted in this case. And they clearly don't have all the facts in this case either. They just think it's a political witch hunt, the words of Donald Trump. Did you have problems when Hillary Clinton was investigated by Republicans for Benghazi? Not one investigation, not two, not three investigations, eight investigations, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And people called Hillary Clinton a war criminal. And guess what? Republicans led all those investigations and they found, guess what? Nothing. Eight investigations, nothing. Were people like Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan and those types of Republicans or any of the Republicans that were in office, were they saying that this was a political witch hunt not into Hillary? No, of course not. not of course not. And I'm sick of hearing about Hunter Biden's laptop. And I hate to quote Geraldo Rivera because I'm not a big fan of Geraldo either. But Geraldo's been going on Fox News now for months. And he's been saying, even on Sean Hannity's show, he's been saying, enough with the Hunter Biden laptop. You've had five years. You've shown us nothing enough already. Either put up or shut up. And I get, I hate to say, it, but Geraldo's 100% right. It's enough. It's enough. Donald Trump's going to be indicted. He's going to have his day in court. We'll see how this thing pans out. We'll see where the chips fall. I'm sick of these Republicans out there that are saying, oh, it's a witch hunt. It's a political witch hunt. It's, it, it, it's the lefties. It's the people on the left that are weaponizing our justice system. Okay. Didn't hear you saying that when it came to Hillary Clinton. It's a, it's a witch hunt only when it's not done to them and their party. Exactly. Don't, don't hear you is. saying that where the continued attacks on Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop. Trust me, if they had real evidence there, they would have indicted Hunter Biden. By the way, Hunter Biden's never been a politician before, but Republicans forget about that. It's a private citizen. If Hunter Biden broke the law, fine. Bring him in. Indict him on something. Uh, I guarantee you, if there was a there there, he would have been indicted already by now, but they haven't done it. Last I checked, not every FBI agent is a Democrat. Last I checked, not every single law enforcement official is a liberal. So this is nonsense. Uh, Donald Trump will have his day in court. His uh, former attorney, by the way, who he praised constantly, Michael Cohen, is going to be test is already testified against him in front of a grand jury. This is and p why is it that people around Donald Trump always seem to go to jail? Why is that, Jamie? Why is it that all these people? surrounding themselves with Donald Trump always seem to be convicted of crimes. Why do people even continue to hang around this guy? Funny, Joe Biden's not going to jail today. Nobody around Joe Biden that I've heard is going to jail or getting indicted. Uh, people around Barack Obama weren't getting indicted left and right. Why is it all these people that surround them? So it could be uh, Steve Bannon. It could be Donald Trump's former attorneys. It could be people that were uh, controlling his charity organizations. Why is it that all these people around Donald Trump seem to be convicted of felonies? I wonder why that is, and I wonder why people continue to want to be around this guy. Not many, 
But some people want to continue to be around this guy. Like, like how many people were arrested around uh, Barack Obama during years years as president? I don't recall one person. Uh, mm. How many people have been arrested uh, around the, the the Biden family and Joe Biden? Mm. Why is it always Donald Trump? Maybe it's because Donald Trump is the problem. Right. Why why don't some Republicans that still support him? Why don't they put two and two together? Donald Trump is the problem. He is the criminal. And now maybe he's going to have to face the music. I don't think people realize that the difference between Donald Trump and Hillary, Joe Biden and Barack Obama is they actually cooperated when they had their issues. They actually cooperated when they had their conspiracies. The difference between that and Trump is that he doesn't cooperate. He lies about the situation that he's been in and he uses his political power to cover up all of his wrongdoings. People don't realize that if the problem comes from one source and one source only, that's the problem. However, he's used social construction of reality to contour the minds of many different innocent people to make him think that he's an innocent person when in reality he's the one who's literally the evil person in all these issues. No, you're right. And you know, Jamie, if you if you ask a bunch of the uh, clueless, simplistic buffoons that are MAGA supporters today, and when I ask him that very simple question, which is, why is it all these people around Donald Trump seem to be arrested? Why is it all these people around Donald Trump that seem to be indicted and go to jail? And why is it that you know, we didn't have that surrounding Barack Obama. We don't have that surrounding Joe Biden. No one just hasn't happened. You could you could think that, oh, Hunter Biden, he did this and that, but nobody's been indicted. Why is it? And, and their response to me is, oh, it's just the liberals. It, it, it's George Soros. It's it's the left wing mob. Uh, it's the deep state. OK, well, OK. And the aliens are going to come down and probe you tonight. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how do you have conversations with these people? No, the obvious fact of the matter is, is that because Donald Trump is a criminal, he's a bad guy. He doesn't respect the rule of law. Clearly, he doesn't. His behavior proves that. And uh, it continues once again, where he doesn't take any responsibility for anything that he's done in his life, all the bad doings he's done in his bad in his life, all the bad things he's done in his life, whether it be the way he's treated women in his life or the 25 plus women that have accused him of sexual assault or rape, including his ex-wife in court documents, all the things he said about minorities, what he said in Playboy magazine, which was he didn't want black people counting his money in casinos. He wanted Jews counting his money. You know, I mean, these are the comments and the statements of a bigot. That's who Donald Trump is. He is a bigot. He is a horrible guy who, even more importantly, does not respect the rule of law. To this day, he still won't admit that he lost the 2020 election, and he will take that to his grave because he is a crybaby. He knows he lost the election, but he can't admit it. And now he won't admit the fact that he made this $130,000 hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. Listen, I get it. Stormy Daniels is not the most credible person in the world. I know her former attorney, Michael Avenatti. Some would probably say he's not the most credible person in the world either because he's in jail right now. But I know what took place in this case. I've had private conversations with the players here, and I know what happened here. It's very, very simple, folks. You don't have to be an intellectual person or an Albert Einstein to know what happened here. It's very simple. Donald Trump is a serial cheater. He slept with a lot of women while he's been married, Stormy Daniels being one of them. He had unprotected sex with her uh, about a few months after Melania uh, had Baron. Okay. He didn't want this story to get out. So he paid off Stormy $130,000. From what I understand, and I don't know this for sure, but uh, allegedly it was about $10,000 per second. He lasted with Stormy Daniels. I don't know. Oh if that, my God. I don't know if that's true or not, Jamie. I just, I heard rumors. That's allegedly. That's so political, Brian. Allegedly. So political. I know I'm being very political there. Uh, uh, allegedly. You're pushing your agenda, Brian. Allegedly. Stormy Daniels claims that he did not last very long. Uh, but, uh, 
He paid her you know, $130,000 to shut her seconds. up. seconds. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, 13 seconds. I'll give him an extra couple seconds, <laughs> uh, to be fair. Um, and that's what happened here. He, But here's the problem. If you just had her sign a non-disclosure and it came out of his personal funds, whatever the case may be, okay, we probably would have never heard about this case. Ever. But he probably broke the law here. And they changed these documents and they misused the appropriations of funds. His attorney lied. He lied. And now he's got to face the music in court. That's what happened here, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what's what? called equal law. Yeah. If you don't want Democrats in the deep state to come after you, then don't break the law. Maybe don't have unprotected sex with a porn star a couple months after your wife uh, has a baby and then run for president. Maybe you shouldn't be involved in situations like this to begin with. And exactly. worst case scenario, don't falsify documents and lie about it because that's a felony. So we're going to have to wait and see how this thing shakes up in court. But I can guarantee you, Jamie, one thing. Even if he's convicted, mm. he will never own, own what he did. And the Republicans will always blame mm. the deep state and Democrats. And just like January 6th. He will continue to def deflect. But I, Brian, before you move on, I want you to do... The audience a favor can you explain to them where this money came from not like i know it's one hundred and thirty thousand dollars that obviously came from his political campaign right but where does he get this money from so allegedly and we're going to probably learn more about this information in in a courtroom i hope mm. but this was not donald trump's money exactly. my understanding is that these were donations that were made exactly. from republicans and MAGA supporters now mm. this is how i understand how it happened based on the Michael Cohen cases that Michael Cohen made the payment from his own personal funds, mm -hmm. but then testified that Trump reimbursed him from campaign contributions. Mm -hmm. So they tried to do that. So there was no paper trail. Right. Michael Cohen took it out of his own personal account and then Trump reimbursed him from campaign. Right. And that's where the law was broken. Right. You can't do that. And what I want to, what I want to touch upon is that people aren't realizing that this is your money he's using. Right. This is your money. He's not yeah. using his own money. How do you, how would you feel if you woke up and you realize $10,000, let's say that's your donation, $10,000 came out of your bank account to go towards a sex payment? Yeah. Well, it's pretty expensive, uh, sex payment. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm uh, saying? People aren't being realistic. $130,000 is a lot of money. Exactly. Um, well, here's the thing. You know, I've, I've been saying for a long time, you know, I've called Donald Trump a lot of names. But I've never really called him stupid. And I'm beginning to change my thought process because you have to be pretty stupid to do something like this. Uh, yep. You have to be really dumb. And, and I think Donald Trump's smart as far as manipulating people. I, I don't even know if smart is the right word, but he certainly knows how to manipulate the media. Mm -hmm. He knows how to manipulate the truth. He knows how to promote himself pretty darn well. I'll give him credit for that. But I don't think he's an extremely smart businessman when you look at all of his companies that have gone under. Uh, and I don't think he's a very smart, common sense person. Uh, he's, you know, we all know the ego, the narcissism, uh, attacking everyone, the, the thin skin, uh, the insecurities that he has. Just look at his hair and look at his skin. Brian. And, I mean, just look at, look, just look at, look at him. He's a freak show to begin with anyway. Uh, he's a very insecure man and a petty man. But the bottom line is, He's lied about everything his whole life. He's a snake oil salesman. He wants everyone to think that he's some sort of billionaire. Meanwhile, he just took uh, a $10 million loan to keep his Truth Social, or $8 million, I'm sorry, to keep his Truth Social uh, business going, which is another failure. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. I want I want to get some phone calls on this. Uh, while, by the way, while all this is going on, I'll open up the phone line, 702-221-7283. Those of you watching, listening on social media or on the live on the radio, please give us a call. 
702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, your thoughts on this, your thoughts on the way Republicans are handling this possible indictment that it seems to be just eventually when it's going to happen. Will it be today? Will it be next week? Who knows? Your thoughts on this indictment? Do you think it's just political? Do you think Donald Trump is innocent? And then uh, my second question to you would be this. How, what do you think the outcome of this is going to be? And how is this going to affect Donald Trump? Is this going to be a positive or is this going to be a, a, a negative for Republicans? and Democrats. I want to get your thoughts on that as well. Again, number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-SAVE. By the way, Ron DeSantis is no longer silent when it comes to this issue either, uh, Jamie. Uh, So Ron DeSantis is criticizing the Manhattan district attorney who's Mm -hmm. pursuing these charges, but he also did say, and he's kind of, uh, poking the bear when it comes to Donald Trump a little bit, which I enjoy. And it could be a little bit of what we could see to come. Uh, Ron DeSantis said, quote, I don't know what goes into hush paying hush money <laughs> to a porn star to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. He said, and then laughter broke in this news conference in Florida. I just, I, I, I can't speak to that. He also said, I got real issues to deal with here in the state of uh, Florida. I can't believe this, but I'm actually going to agree with Ron DeSantis on that. Um, I'm shocked, uh, but I, but I do agree with Ron DeSantis on that. So he's kind of, poking the bear a little bit. Hey, I'll, I'll give Ron DeSantis credit on this one. Um, I don't think Ron DeSantis uh, has ever had to pay off a porn star. Right. Uh, I, I haven't heard that about Ron DeSantis. Uh, that, <laughs> that's for sure. Yet. <laughs> yet, yet uh, I don't know. Because, you know, Donald Trump is alleging per his tweets and his uh, social account that he has done some things in the past that may come to light very yeah. soon. Hey, listen, maybe there are people out there that think Donald Trump did nothing wrong, and this is the politicalization of the Manhattan DA. Maybe there are some people out there that think that, uh, you know, this is all a sham, and, uh, you know, Democrats, it's, it's George Soros, and, and it's the left. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. He is Jamie D. What's up, guys? I am Brian Shapiro, Jamie D's first uh, official show as the co-host here, so we're glad Jamie D's in the house yes. uh, on a very, very busy news week and Newsday. He's joining us. We're going to open up the phone lines now. We're going to take your phone calls on the other side of the break, and I am asking you these questions. What do you think about the possible indictment? It seems like it's just going to—it's just a matter of time now. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week. Of Donald Trump, the former president, a former president being indicted. What do you think about that? Do you think it's a positive or a negative for Donald Trump and Republicans? How are Democrats handling this? And what do you think about what I would call republic, Republican hypocrisy? 702-221-7283. Again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-SAVE. Even though I can't promise to save you any brain cells, I can't promise you that, but I'll try. We'll take a quick break. Take your phone calls on the other side. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. 
We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies, and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies, and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, moochesmunchies.com, and find out why we say that Mooch's Munchies are totally possum. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits, and it's a rainy Tuesday in Las Vegas. And I promised that I would take some phone calls this segment. We're talking about Donald Trump. We're talking about the eventual indictment. It's not even possible anymore. It's it's an eventual indictment that is going to happen. Uh, could be today. could be tomorrow. could be early next week. But it's going to happen. We're taking your calls. I take calls from all sorts of different walks of life, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we're doing here. So we're going to start. Let's see. We got a bunch of people on hold. I promise you I will get to all of you this segment. Let's start off with Rosalind. Rosalind. I'm sorry. Rosalind, thanks for calling in. To Rosalind. Limits. How are you, Rosalind? Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm good. good. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. You too. Uh, the, here's what I think. I, you know, I, I do believe indictments are coming. Um, now, from what I've heard, the, the uh, SDNY currently... Only has him, you know, if for basically a misdemeanor. 
So, and also the fact that he announced it himself previous to today yep. leads me to believe he's just grifting. You might be he's right. Grifting. And you make a good point, by the way. Uh, this is probably not, a, you know, it's not going to be a felony. So you are right about that. I probably misspoke in the first uh, segment. But I will say this. He could be facing more serious crimes down the road when it comes to a uh, fake elector scheme in Georgia. I uh, couldn't agree more there. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, I'm waiting yeah. for Georgia to really come out with their, you know, the indictments because, I mean, those are incoming. No, you know, that's a fact. So this is a start. Right? But, uh, we agree. This is just a start. So how do you see this thing shaking up? I see this shaking out in a way that's violent. Oh, I hope not. I think I hope it's going to energize his base. Um, you know, currently there are no laws on the books that say you can't run for president from prison, right. that you can't be president from prison, um, which makes total, it, it's nonsense to me because so I'm gonna be honest. can't I'm, vote, but they could run for president. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little worried as well, but the reason why, yeah. I, but the reason why maybe I'm not as worried as you are, maybe, and I understand by the way, why you'd be worried. I I, I totally understand. I see oh, those all, people are not. Oh, man. absolutely. But but here's the good news, though. I see a lot of these people from January 6th being convicted every day. This one gets 52 yeah. months. This one gets 58 months. And I'm just saying maybe. I know it all it takes is one nut job. But maybe yeah, people but, are going to think that's twice. A different, uh, that, that's a different scenario because it was, you know, many of them were, eight, at least eight were convicted of you know, seditious conspiracy. So correct, that's a correct. big deal. No, it is. You know, it like, is. Uh, yep. you know, throw, starting a fire yeah. and, and, and destroying New York City. Right. You know, we know how that goes sometimes because I do yeah. agree that some of the BLM um, protests were you violent. You know what's going to happen, though? Although, you know what's going to happen, though? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If, in fact, there is some violence, and obviously we don't want that to happen, but if there is, you know, no. what, you know what Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, you know who they're going to blame? They're going to blame the deep state. They're going to blame Democrats. Exactly. They're, they're going to blame yep. everybody but Donald Trump and MAGA supporters. That's what they do. Marge, Marge Three Toes is already on the internet yeah. talking about <laughs> tweeting about, you know, how, yeah. uh, who's going to be planted yeah. in, in the protest crowds to start the violence. You're right. Hey, listen. You know, I mean, honestly, God, right. they don't need no help starting violence. You, listen, <laughs> you, know? you and I are on the same page. I, I appreciate you calling into the show. Give us a call back tomorrow. We'll see if Trump's indicted. Okay. Thanks for calling. Will do. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good to hear from you. I want to go to line four next. I believe that's Eric on line four. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to line four. Eric, hello. Are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey, good, Eric. What's on your mind? Yeah, I don't think anything's going to come of it. And for the reason is, is he's already been tried over it, you know, and Michael Avenetti has already done everything he could trying to represent Stormy Daniels. Yeah. And he screwed up his whole life, you know, trying to embezzle other people. So if they ever try him to call him back in on yeah. the indictment, he's not going to have a leg to stand on because he's well, such I can speak trash. To, anyway. Well, I can I can speak to that because I know Michael Avenatti personally. Uh, I've uh, Michael Avenatti has done my show twenty times. I've hung out with Michael Avenatti. Here's what I'll say about him: He made some some bad mistakes that he's owned, and he would be the first one to admit that. But I guarantee you, if he didn't go after Donald Trump. 
he would not be in jail right now because Mark Garagos and other famous attorneys have done some of the same things that Michael Avenatti has done, but they're not in prison. I can also tell you that while Michael Avenatti, again, I don't defend the thing, some of the things that he did that he was convicted of, but I can also tell you that Michael Avenatti is not the trash or the type of person that some people make him out to be. He tried to live a very lavish lifestyle. And by the way, stealing money from one of your clients, there's probably nothing worse than an attorney could do. I don't defend that. All I'm saying is... Um, I know Michael Avenatti personally, and I don't believe he deserves 15, 20 years in jail. I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you that way. I understand why some people like you would think that. I get it. He's done some stupid things. No question. He's done some bad things. But in my personal opinion, uh, he's not the monster that some people have made him out to be. Okay, I'll give you that since you know him and everything. But I just still think that nothing is going to come of the indictments because right. his reputation is tarnished. Mm-hmm. There's no way he'd be able to... St- stand for the defense or well, what about, of the Okay, case. so let me ask you this then. What about Michael Cohen? I mean, a lot of people would say the same thing about Michael Cohen, but the grand jury disagreed with you, and they believed Michael Cohen, and they believed that there was enough evidence to indict Donald Trump. So I, while I understand what you are saying, uh, uh, sir, I, Eric, I do, uh, still, when you testify under oath, you know, it's up to a grand jury or jury to decide whether it's believable or not, right? Well, that's very true, yes. Yeah, so... so. I, Eric, I guess you make some good points, but I guess, you know, like I said, Eric, and I think you'll agree, let the chips fall where they may. You might be right, Eric. This Nothing might come out of this, but I tend to think I really, that— I really think so. And you might be right. <laughs> you, you might be right. I don't think that's unreasonable to think that, but what I believe is that some of these other cases, like going after the Georgia officials, trying to overturn the outcome of the election, uh, his Trump organization, I think, uh, you know, there are other cases pending that could be more serious than this. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I totally re- yeah. agree with you on that too. Well, Eric, we'll have so. to wait and see, my friend, and and call back. And you and you know what? If you're right, I'll be the first one to say that guy Eric was right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Eric. A lot. You have a good day. Thank you. You too. Appreciate the phone call. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. I believe we have Brian on line six. I want to go to. Hello, Brian. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Yeah. Hi, Brian. How um, you doing? Nice well, name, by the way. Uh, by Brian the way, number two. Nice name. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, you know, the hypocrisy of the Republican Party is just absolutely, it's almost like I'm trying to wake up, wake up from this bad dream. I don't understand the logic behind it whatsoever with all this going on, and I think everything's been handled just terribly by them. Um, but Trump, almost, I mean, he believes that he's untouchable. So I want something to come out of this, but just seeing the patterns, it almost seems like he's gotten away with so much yeah, well, hold for on. so very long. I, I have to say he's untouchable unless you pay them $130,000. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's true. Oh. Sorry, I had, yeah. to, I had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous on what it's come to, and um, here we are, right? And so we're all just kind of waiting on pins and needles to see what's going to happen to this guy. And um, I don't know. I just I'm, – I'm trying to figure out, like, where all this just went to complete crap, you know, since, uh, you know, GOP believes what they believe and all – the Trump followers and all these other people, yeah. it's just unbelievable to me. Well, I'm going to answer you know, your so. question the best I can. We, where did this all go to crap? You know, I have a lot of friends that are Reagan Republicans. They're decent people. They're decent human beings. Uh, we don't agree on everything politically, but that's okay. I really believe this really took a turn for the worst when Trump ran for office in 2016. Yeah. Uh, it started with the, with, yeah. the, with the MAGAs out there attacking women based on looks, you know, attacking immigrants, attacking Mexicans. These Mexicans, they're, they're bad people. They're rapists. And I suppose some of them are good people. Make no mistake.
mistake about it. Donald Trump gave some of the racists in this country a platform. He allowed racism and bigotry and those people to be comfortable in this country. Now, politics was always a dirty game. There were always people that played dirty games on the left and the right. But you know what? I wasn't a big fan of George W. Bush, but he looks like a saint compared to Donald Trump. He can sit there with the Obama family and they could be pleasant with one another. John McCain, war hero. You know, Republicans and Democrats, even during the Clinton years, and by the way, I don't defend Bill Clinton. I believe he's a rapist. I really do. But with that being said, mm-hmm. as a president, uh, bad guy, but as a president, even Bill Clinton was able to work with the other side and work with the other side. I don't like the Clintons, but Bill Clinton was able to work with the other side. Donald Trump can't even work with his own attorneys. They all turn on him. Donald Trump can't yeah. even work with own members of his family. They write books about him. You expect somebody like Donald Trump to be able to work with Democrats? Never going to happen. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And so, yeah, I just, you know, I don't, um, I'm just curious to see where all this is going to end up. And I just don't, you know, I just, I just wanted to add in there that I don't know if there's any, if there's any Trump people listening, you know, thanks for destroying our country. I mean, this is, it's absolutely ridiculous. And um, I don't know, we'll see what comes out of all this. You are right, sir. Some of these Trump MAGA supporters today uh, have ruined this country. I agree with you 100%, Brian, and uh, I appreciate you for calling in. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. I love the name, by the way. Great name. Mm-hmm. Parents deserve a medal. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Why don't we go to Al? Al's next on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Al? What's going hey, on? Brian, hi. Brian, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, listen, um, you know, I just wanted to bring out something that there's a difference between an indictment and a conviction. A lot of people can be indicted on a lot of stuff, but it, can you get a conviction? Right. And so the thing is that um, uh, I don't think that Trump will be convicted. I think he's going to be embarrassed. I think he's going to be indicted. Maybe I have I haven't looked at all the details. I'm, you know, honestly, what I'm more concerned about is bringing down crime in Las Vegas because we don't bring crime and homelessness down here. We can have all the MAGA we want. We can get a hundred Donald Trumps in, a hundred or Barack Obamas, a hundred whoever you want. Um, uh, and you know what? We're not going to benefit anything here in Las Vegas when people's catalytic converters are getting stolen. Homelessness is all uh, out of control. And you can't even go to the market with almost having everybody. I'm a, I don't uh, disagree. Panhandle Al, hear me out. I don't disagree with you. And there are a lot of right. important things facing this country. You mentioned a few of them, right? Crime. Uh, absolutely. I agree with you. Gun control, you know, health care. There are a lot of important issues, right. but we've had these types of conversations before, which are as follows. Democrats are addressing these issues. You know, you might not agree with how they're going about it, which is fine. I think those are fair conversations mm. to have. But mm. my question to you, Al, is always the same. Where are the Republican solutions to the crime? Uh, where are the Republican solutions? Uh, you know, where are they? You know, I'm going to, you know, I, and you know, let me tell you something. You know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. You know, hopefully we do. Um, uh, maybe we do have to uh, do something. But I do got to uh, give the Democrats a prop. And we are going to be supporting them. on There's a new law, the catalytic converter law. That if you're caught with a, they want to do it, two catalytic converters. Yeah. I say if you're caught with one catalytic converter that, that is not on your car, you got to answer a lot of questions. And I'm going to leave everybody with that. Please support that bill. SB 243. We got to get that in the books. We can't go another two years like this with everybody's. I know more people, and I'm not disallowing uh, saying COVID is not real. COVID was for real. It is for real. But more people have gotten their car stolen or catalytic converters because of that. Well, I'll say, I say, uh, thank you, Al, and I appreciate the call, and it's good to hear from you. Thank right. you so much. I want to propose a bill, Jamie, <laughs> that would uh, ship 
in a box. Knew, Donald Trump knew it. <laughs> ship ship Donald Trump to Russia and uh, have him live in Vladimir Putin's basement. The basement? Yeah. <laughs> That's uncomfortable. Uh, so I, just so I can say Donald Trump is in the basement. That's all. <laughs> I'll say Donald Trump is in the basement with Alzheimer's. And, uh, you know, uh, that's what I want. I want to put a bill forth. Uh, I'll call it the Brian Shapiro bill uh, or the bald Jewish bill, whatever you oh. want to call it. Oh. Uh, and and sh- let's ship Donald Trump first class mail, mail in ballot, first class mail to Russia and let him live in Russia for the l- rest of his life. Express living shipping? In, li- yeah, express. <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't go any other way. In Vladimir Putin's basement. Hey, so, Brian, before you go, before you yeah. go on, I want to ask you a question because sure. you're, you're, you're going pretty hard and i support it on the situation with donald trump and all of his different charges and indictments and all different crazy cases he's been a part of but i want to counter something for you yes i want to know do you think there's anything and i want you to take your emotions out of it do you Mm. think there's anything that's really hard for brian to do listen i know but but i want to challenge you because i want to talk to you on a a real real basis do you think there's anything donald trump can realistically do to turn this all around as far as the case goes, or yeah, as far no, as winning just, back just, some American people, yeah, reputation. Because well, he he would never do it. I can. I can you don't tell think you, so? I can tell you what I think he should do. I don't know. You don't think you don't think he would never do it? No, because Why what we'd have to do is own it, apologize to the American people, own some of the things that he's done, talk about the real issues, stop attacking people. But it's impossible because he would never do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take a different tone. Stop attacking people left and right. Stop attacking the Biden administration. Just talk about policies that you disagree with. Donald Trump is not a man. He will never do that. He will take it to his grave that he never, that he, that he won the 2020 election. He will take it to his grave and never take responsibility for anything he's ever done in his life. Yeah. I think there are things he still could do mm-hmm. that could maybe win back some people. He'll never win me back because he's a disgrace. But, <laughs> but, but he could, he could win back some people, mm-hmm. particularly people on the right that are just tired of Donald Trump. If he just stuck to, uh, script and stuck to the game plan of talking about policy, but I guarantee he will never do that, and he'll prove that by calling Ron DeSantis names and going after Ron DeSantis. We'll have to wait and see what happens, but you know, there, it's is he capable of doing it? And to me, the answer is no. There are things he could do, but the answer is no. Uh, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Uh, let's see, uh, who do we have on the line? Do we have uh, Ken? Ken is on the line. Hi, Ken. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? What's up, Ken? Hey, I'll- yes, sir. I'll the uh, Georgia phone call for hell. Say that again. Repeat it for me. Come again. The, the, the Georgia phone call from hell. Yes, sir. What about it? I mean, is that what he's getting indicted for in Georgia? Is that what the uh, charges are? So he hasn't been charged with a crime there yet, Ken. You're referring to the call he had with uh, Raffsenberger, and there are uh, actually other phone calls, at least one f- other phone call that's been recorded uh, that we haven't heard yet that a grand jury has heard. So he hasn't been indicted there. He's going to be indicted when it comes to the Stormy Daniels case. But I do believe, Ken, that in regards to Georgia, the phone call from hell uh, and, and a few other calls that he made there, in make no mistake about it, trying to pressure those uh, people in Georgia to try to overturn the election and find votes. Yes, I do believe he will eventually uh, be uh, held to account for that. But this is in regards to Stormy Daniels. Well, well that's what you were saying, that Georgia charges coming up. But is it from that phone call or is it from something else? No, What's so, so uh, it is my personal opinion that eventually he will be held to account for those phone calls he made 
to, to Georgia officials. Yes. Uh, that is what I'm referring to. Yes, sir. I'm referring to those phone calls where he pressured electorates to try to cheat, basically, and overturn the outcome of the election uh, while being a sitting president, which is a very, very serious crime. Well, my question is, did you listen to the whole conversation or just the 10-minute soundbite? Okay, so first of all, soundbite isn't 10 minutes. It's like 10 seconds. So I, I've never heard of a, a 10-minute soundbite. Yes, I did hear the whole conversation. Was it? How long to it? Uh, the whole conversation was was a little bit over ten minutes. No, the whole conversation was over an hour. If you listen to the whole thing, uh, you know there's no chance in hell that the heat's gonna get charged in that conversation. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Okay, fine. All right. All right, I got it. So you're no, no, no. so you're defending no, 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 no problem. No problem. Okay, so let me okay. ask let me ask you a question then, sir. Let me ask you a question then, sir, because now it sounds like you're defending those phone calls, which is I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but that's okay. Let me ask you a question. When you have a sitting president of the United States pressuring officials in Georgia to, quote, find me 1,100 votes, basically, in other words, saying cheat and lie and attack our democracy, forget about what the legalities are. I'm just asking you a personal question, sir, and I don't care whether you're a Republican and I don't care whether you're a Donald Trump supporter. Are you okay? with a sitting president or an elected official pressuring other officials to try to cheat and overthrow an outcome of an election. Are you okay with that, sir? No, I'm not okay with it. I'm telling you, taking that out of context. That's not what happened. What am I taking? Okay, so when Donald Trump, quote, quote, when Donald Trump says, I need you to find me 1,100 votes, please tell me how I'm taking that out of context. Talking about all the illegal votes that were there. No, he, no, by the way, there were not illegal votes. You are wrong. They found two people. Where is the evidence? Where, where is the evidence of all the illegal votes? If you're going to tell me that he was talking about, quote, all the illegal votes, why didn't they prove that in a courtroom? What illegal votes are you talking about, sir? I'm telling you, if you would be able to explain to you. The whole conversation was about illegal votes. It was never what? one about it. Okay, so if the conversation is about the earth being flat, does that make it more credible? If well, he... no, let, me, let, me, let me explain to you what happened. No, no, I know what happened. Anybody with an IQ over 20 knows... Anybody with an IQ over 20 knows what happened. He lost the election. He's a crybaby. He's lying. And he's trying to get uh, officials in Georgia to overthrow the outcome. Why is that so hard for you to understand, sir? Why? Explain it to me. I'm trying to, but you won't ask my question. You said that the conversation was 10 minutes long. The conversation was one hour long, and it was about illegal votes. Okay, okay, let's let's stop you again. Let's just say the conversation was eight hours long. Doesn't change my opinion, because in that soundbite, as you called it, a 10-minute soundbite, he is pressuring officials to try to overturn the outcome of the election and just find votes magically. It doesn't matter matter whether the conversation was 10 seconds or 10 hours. That doesn't matter. Okay, that's how you view it. But he was no, that's how the law know. views it, sir. It's not how I view it. The 10-minute conversation where he's talking to Raffensperger, I am specifically talking about those comments. It doesn't matter whether we go into it doesn't matter whether we go into the weeds and say it's a 10-minute conversation or a 10-hour conversation. What are you trying to say? I don't understand what what are you defending? Okay, 
explain it to you, but you always you keep interrupting. Now let me explain it to you. <laughs> Please let do. Let me explain it to you. Okay, so it's an hour-long conversation. There's four different terms of ways of legal books. The media code machine, drop out by drop ballots, um, the count the count the votes multiple times, and legal. He said oh, there's four different options. We only need to find eleven thousand of those votes to prove that was not. And what did the and what did the and what did the officials say on the phone in response? What did they say? Since you listened to the whole conversation. Is a shit. All right, all right. Uh, no, no, sir, that's what you are. You don't swear on the radio. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're another MAGA supporter that is completely clueless. You are defending those conversations in Georgia, and it was just a matter of time before this MAGA supporter on the phone lost his you-know-what and couldn't, uh, you know, lost his train of thought because he couldn't put anything together. His only argument is, oh, it wasn't a 10-minute conversation. It was a one-hour conversation. So what? So that means nothing. All that matters is Trump was trying to pressure Raffensperger and other officials to overturn the outcome of the election. And this guy is trying to defend that like that is okay. And then he calls Raffensperger, who, by the way, is a lifelong Republican, swears at this guy and calls him a name. The same types of Republicans that attack Dr. Fauci and call him names. The same types of Republicans that go after Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for calling out the truth. He is a MAGA. He is a MAGA supporter, and he is someone who is complicit and doesn't understand and doesn't live in something called reality. I cannot believe that there are still people out there that defend those conversations that Donald Trump had with Georgia elector officials. I tried to keep that guy on the line, but it was just a matter of time. Notice when I did give him the time, and even though I wanted to interrupt him again, notice when I did give him time to try to explain himself, he just name calls Raffensperger. He just has a name for Raffensperger. And and his only argument was, by the way, sound bites aren't 10 minutes. I've been in the news business for 20 years. Uh, guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, I listened to that 10-minute conversation where he's trying to pressure Raffensperger. Um, and it's amazing to me that there are still Trump supporters out there like this guy who called in. God bless him. Uh, he's very special. Uh, that seems to think that that conversation was okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a conversation of uh, uh, facts versus thoughts. It, it, was, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, I'm, I'm sitting here looking like listening <laughs> and looking like this man isn't talking yeah. about anything. He's not bringing up any facts. He's asking you questions about something that makes no sense and not even staying on topic. So I, you know, I just let you <laughs> yeah, handle just, it. Just absurd. <laughs> I just let uh, you handle I, it, Brian. <laughs> I, I debate these. I debate these people every day. Uh, by the way, it sounded like he was on an Obama phone too. Needs to oh. get, needs to get a new phone. Oh. I don't know. Uh, all right. So here's what we're gonna do, Jamie. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back. A White House press briefing yesterday was interrupted by a man from an African news network, um, and it got a little feisty, and it got interesting, and I have some strong thoughts on that. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we have the audio to prove it for you, and we'll get to it next. We'll take a quick break. He's Jamie D. I'm Brian Shapiro. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Welcome back. It is uh, Push the Limits on a rainy Tuesday in Las Vegas. we got Jamie D in the house. Uh, Jamie What's just, up? Jamie's just like, hey, Brian, I wanted to interject with that caller, too. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm an Let idiot. Let me talk, Brian. Sometimes I, uh, sometimes, well, when you do a show without a host for, for a while, you, you get into your mode, you know? And, and it's like, And it's like, uh, so sorry about that. I, I got to let, let Jamie interrupt me uh, once good. in a while. No worries. I want to tell you guys about uh, Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care located right down the street from where we're at, by the way, 6125 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 1B, if you're su- suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. No, I'm just kidding. That would be a horrible <laughs> thing to say. Uh, or or lib- liberal derangement syndrome. I don't know, whatever. 6125 West Sarah Avenue. Uh, no appointment needed. Call 702-248-0554. You could visit them at saharawesturgentcare.com. They took care of me, and I promise they will take care of you. Andrew and Jessica are the best, and uh, they take most insurances. If you don't have insurance, uh, it's 95 bucks. How can you beat that? Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Please check them out, and uh, they are the best. Uh, all right, Jamie. So I've been in um, the media. I was a news reporter for CBS for, oh, really? for nice. 10 years, and, okay. and I, I covered some pretty big press conferences. Now, I've never been in the White House uh, press briefing room. That would be fun. 
But um, I've covered some pretty big stories. I remember when, and it involves Donald Trump. I remember when Mitt Romney ran for president. I went to Trump Tower here in Vegas and I covered the, the national press conference when Trump endorsed Mitt Romney. I don't think he would do that today. Um, I've covered Barack Obama press conferences when he was running for president. He was in Vegas. Same thing with Hillary Clinton. I covered a bunch of John McCain press conferences. So there's a certain decorum that you're supposed to have when you're at a press conference. This yep. isn't a talk show. You know, it's not time to be opinionated. It's about asking questions, being respectful to your colleagues and the people that are holding the press conference, right? Yep. Sound, sound fair? Okay. So uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre um, is holding a uh, – she's the press secretary for Joe Biden. She's holding a press conference yesterday. And by the way, they held a press conference talking about uh, depression, mental illness, and, and some really important issues that, that face, sadly, all Americans in this country. Mm-hmm. So News Africa Chief White House Correspondent Simon Ateba just started yelling at her in the middle of the press conference. And, and he's, yes. his, his problems are, I guess, that she's only given him one question in six months. And from what I've heard from mm-hmm. some people around this guy, he's just a bad guy. He's sexist. He's rude. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why you wouldn't call on somebody like that. Right. Um, but I want you to listen to this exchange. And it's funny because uh, there are some people in the press room, members of the media that are defending her and are actually going after him. Uh, it's really unbelievable. Have a listen to this. You have a choice. No, you, you have a choice. You have a choice. Okay. And I'm saying that that's not right. This is not China. This is not Russia. This is the United Carla! States. This is the White House. No. It's been seven months. I sent you seven months. You're not Russia, Mr. Here too, pal. It's been seven months. You guys have not done anything for me. If you have grievances, you should bring them to her later. I have done that. All my emails have been ignored. And the press corps is tired of dealing with this. As you all know, many of you know, this is the White House press briefing room, a historic room, a room that should have decorum, a room where folks should respect their colleagues and respect the guests that are here. What I will not appreciate is disrespecting your colleagues and disrespecting guests who are here to talk, who were here to talk about an incredibly important issue, which is mental health. And what has just occurred this last 10, 15 minutes is unacceptable. It's it, it is unacceptable. So we're gonna. So we're either going to continue the briefing, or we can just end the briefing right here. No. Okay. Well then, let's go. <laughs> what do you make of that? Chaos. That's that was just utter chaos. There's a time and place for everything. I understand that he wants to get his opinions heard and he wants to create change and all that great stuff. But that wasn't the time. You are going to completely ruin your reputation reputation as a reporter, as a correspondent, whatever you may be in the media. When you do things like that, just like you, I was a news reporter for two years. And what I understand is that when it's your time to create a, a, a situation where you want your voice to be heard, you create that in the space that you're allowed to do that in. And that was not the space for that man. That By the way, this ridiculous. guy is a history. He's a complete idiot. He's a sexist pig. And they keep he's, letting him in. He's, I don't know why. See, this is the, the problem with the white. They shouldn't let people like this in. By the way, this isn't politics because Stephen, uh, I call him Douchey, uh, Ducey from Fox News. Or whatever his name is, uh, she calls on him all the time, and he tries to get her in in gotcha moments, but she still calls on him. You know why? Even though his questions are ridiculous, he doesn't interrupt her. There is a level of decorum. He respects other people in the room, which is what you're supposed to do when you're a reporter, even if you're biased with your questions. This guy, Simon Ateba, should be fired. fired. He's a disgrace to the industry. Uh, he's insulting her. And and by the way, what gives you the right? 
in the middle of a press briefing to, to raise your grievances. You do that after or before. You talk to somebody in the communications department about that. That is the wrong time to do it. And by the way, the other members of the media at that time were right. They're like, we're sick of this. You know, this isn't your, the time or the place. And I thought she handled it very, very well, actually. Um, but this, to me, this story has nothing to do with politics, right? It has everything to do with just level of decorum in, in the press room. And I remember Jim Acosta with CNN, who got his media badge taken away for like a week or so. Um, but Jim Acosta never acted in that fashion. He took a microphone and he asked a question to Donald Trump. And then he asked a follow-up question, which Donald Trump refused to answer. And he held onto the microphone for a little bit. But it didn't rise to the level of what this guy did yesterday. This was about all about him. He was uh, you know, interrupting uh, the press briefing. And I don't believe he should be allowed to go to the White House press briefing room ever again. I think they should strip right. his credentials. I agree. I think that he used this moment to create a viral moment so that he can get action made. And mm-hmm. that just wasn't the time or place. And my thing is, you look crazy. I, I'm getting secondhand embarrassing listening to this audio and also just seeing it on social media. It's like, dude, you really wanted to make something happen from this and now you made yourself look stupid. Then. Yeah, and, and by the way, the woman that you heard screaming there was, she yelled out decorum. She was a, a media member. Decorum! Decorum! <laughs> That's Women yell that to me all the time too, by the way. So I'm used to that. We have that in common. But um, Pierre actually turned around at, at one point here to uh, Lasso, who's a, a very funny actor uh, who was there as well, talking about these issues. And she said, fun times. Welcome, guys. That was their welcome to the press briefing room, <laughs> having a uh, a yelling match like that. Listen, man. Um, no, wait, Brian, before you finish on the statement, though, because uh, and I, now I, I want to play devil's advocate. And, and I may contradict myself. So to the audience out there, hey, give me, give, give me, give me a <laughs> second. All right. <laughs> what I want to know is this. When do reporters get to have their chance to speak their grievances? Because as we're, we've both been reporters before, and we know how, what that looks like, and there really isn't that much time to well say what you your opinion, how you here's, feel. Here's the here's how I feel about that. First of all, this guy's a jerk. He's just a, a bad guy. This reporter, he's an idiot. I think where the White House has made a mistake is they shouldn't give this guy a credential. If you're not going to ever call upon a guy for a question because of who he is then just don't invite him in. I understand that freedom, of, but what he did was he broke all the, the rules that that you can't break when you're a reporter. Yep. So right then and there, kick him out. Facts. That's yeah. number one. That's what I would have done. That's where they made a mistake. Number two, if you're a reporter and you have a grievance with somebody, then you email them or call them and you do that privately. Mm-hmm. That should not be done publicly. Number three, she can call on whoever she wants to call on. There are way too many reporters in that room. A normal press conference, maybe, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. Right. You can't call on every single reporter. Right. Um, and there's a sense of entitlement by some members of the media where they feel like if they raise their hand, they, they have the entitlement, even if it's the White House you know, press. This isn't like a UNLV press conference where you have maybe five people. Right. And yes, everyone is going to get an opportunity to ask a question. We're talking about the White House press briefing room now listen i've never heard of this guy before i've never heard of his network before um i would like to think and this is just how i feel about this when you're in the white house press briefing room all the major biggest networks in the world should have their questions first i'm talking three major networks i think we all could agree Mm -hmm. fox news cnn 
MSNBC. Then right. you go to ABC and NBC. You make sure all those major networks get their question. Mm. Then if you have time, trickle your way down. Okay. All due respect, I, I don't know who this guy is. I did a little bit of research on him. He's just a bad dude. Yeah. He's, he's slut-shamed women uh, in some of his tweets and articles. He clearly is a bigot. Um, he has this sense of entitlement. Uh, whoever this network is that hired this guy, they should be ashamed of themselves. Um, it's okay to ask a question of substance and then maybe ask a follow-up and maybe get into it with the per- That's okay. I don't really mind that, but that's not what this was about. Right. This was a personal grievance. Was a See, what Jim Acosta yeah. did was he raised his hand and he's talking to the president about immigration and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're getting into a back and forth on that. There's a fine line between doing that, which is of a substance conversation, not personal, and then what this guy did, which was personal. He's just angry at her for not calling on him, right. and he just took it upon himself to interrupt. Those are two completely different you know, situations. Um, there's a difference between what we do here now, what you do here now, uh, first day, by the way, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and what a reporter does. We're not reporters, right? Right. Now, you and I, we can go to a press conference and act as a reporter, mm-hmm. right? Where I would be appropriate, which I do. Right. And I ask appropriate questions. But a talk show host is all opinion, right? We're mm-hmm. opinion. Yep. We try to be factual based, but we're opinion. What those journalists, so-called journalists are supposed to be doing there are asking factual based questions. Right. And, um, it's just so unprofessional. Yeah. It's just I so un, it's so unprofessional what, what some of these journalists are, so-called journalists are doing these days. Look, if you remember, it breaks all the SPJ code of ethics. Yeah. <laughs> and here's, here's something that'll, uh, defend everything that I've said about this guy. What did he do after this exchange? His moment to shine of being a, an idiot. Mm-hmm. Goes on Twitter and he starts tagging Tucker Carlson mm. to defend him. That's all you need to know about this guy. Yep. He try, you know, he's a Tucker Carlson guy. Sorry, but if you're, if you're asking Tucker Carlson for help, that speaks volumes. Right. Of who you are, you know, as a human being. Uh, another, uh, press corps member said, I'm tired of dealing with this. While another said, it's just not about you. He's right. Yep. Um, and, uh, another reporter chimed in and said, don't make assumptions about what the rest of us do. Mind your manners when you're in here. And if you have a problem, you bring it up afterward, but yep. you are, uh, impinging on everybody in here who's only trying to do their job. Couldn't agree with that more. Yep. Eventually a table settled down after a large swath of press corps spoke out against him. Uh, she later said of the incident, Jean Pierre, uh, as you know, this is the White House press briefing room, historic room. She gave in. I played some of that audio for you. I got to say, man, you know, part of being a journalist or an investigative journalist, um, you don't try to get people in gotcha moments. You try to get down to the truth. Mm -hmm. You ask prominent questions and real questions with respect. I believe Stephen Dushy, as I call him, from Fox News, he just tries to get her in gotcha question moments, right? Instead of just Mm -hmm. talking about the real issues facing this country that's not what a reporter should do it's not about getting you in gotcha hold people to the fire ask them questions there's nothing wrong about that but it's like you know i remember there was an oan reporter uh when donald trump was president by the way it's not even a real network it's the right-wing echo chamber donald trump network i don't even know if they still exist and it was a coronavirus press conference jamie when thousands of people were dying every day of covid so distinguished members of the media journalists even fox news they're asking Trump real questions about the virus, right? And mm. then he calls on OAN, and he always would call on OAN. And she asks a question about abortion. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, I know that's red meat for the Republican Party and probably the reason why many people lost in the 2022 elections. But I'm thinking to myself, your job as a reporter is to be on topic 
and to not be politically biased as mm -hmm. a reporter mm -hmm. and ask relevant questions that are factual based. Mm -hmm. For example, you wouldn't want somebody in a White House press briefing asking a question about how teachers are indoctrinating our kids or that, uh, you know, cross-dressers or those that dress in drag are, are reading books to kids. And, you know, that would be inappropriate. Uh, you know, if you're holding a press conference about COVID, then you want to ask questions about COVID. Right. In this case, they were holding a press conference and I thought it was the right thing to do to talk about mental illness. Right. And you had some celebrities, some actors and actresses that were there talking about what is a very serious issue. And by the way, if a Democrat raised his hand and said, um, let's talk about that infrastructure bill or something, I'd say the same thing because it's not appropriate. You're, you know what I mean? You're supposed to be on topic. And I'm sorry, but the bottom line here is that there needs to be decorum in the White House. Members of the media, particularly journalists and reporters, need to have some decorum. I think most of them do. Some of them don't. And it's just, it's really unfortunate. Listen, I had Ducey in, uh, on, on my show before. Uh, you know, I, I interviewed him a few years ago. He was a nice guy. Um, I understand his job, sadly, is not really to get down to the truth. It's more to just get, get the Biden administration and try to catch her and gotcha moments. He's told to do that. I had him on the show. He was a nice guy. Mm -hmm. I'll give him credit for leaving, at least having some decorum in the press room. He asked his biased questions, but he's not rude about it. Like he's not, unprofessional. This guy was unprofessional and rude, and he should never be allowed back in the White House ever again. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. And this is one of those situations where I think Democrats and those in the Biden administration need to put their foot down and be a little tougher. Yeah. This can't happen in the in the yeah. press, uh, the White House press. It can't right. happen now, Brian, anywhere. I think we have to remember, though, that while I'm on your side with this whole situation, we have to remember that this isn't the first time this has happened before. I think a lot of times this it, it, it goes months or probably a, a year without it happening. We all forget that it happened a year ago and we're, we're just bagging on this one person. But when do these reporters get the chance, let's use your example, to ask about abortion when these politicians don't ever hold press conferences about issues that seem to matter in real time? Sometimes they do. An example would be it wouldn't really be the the White House press briefing room for that, but there would be a politician, say, that votes against abortion or for, you know, abortion rights or rights for women. Um, that's the appropriate time for a reporter to ask those politicians on their voting record, for right. example, right? When they actually have these yeah. conferences. Or Joe Biden. Right. Uh, now, Joe Biden doesn't hold a ton of press conferences, but when See? he does, when he does, and he's running for office again, I would assume that's the time where you ask them about that, Mr. But President. If, even even then, though, those those... Press conferences are far and few in between. So, what, what, and again, I'm not on, I'm not on this guy's side, but I do want to play devil's advocate. As reporters, we both know yeah. there has been times where we've had questions and we're yeah. like, okay, cool. Cause I, what we do know is that let's say this press conference is an hour for 45 minutes. We get all the conversations and questions about COVID out, yep. but the last 15 minutes usually are free for all. And so you may not be able to get your question in. And it's like, yeah. okay, when is the appropriate time to be able to ask? Cause if I, um, if I raise my hand yeah. and I'm very polite. And I'm respectful. Yeah. Am I still in the wrong? No. Usually at the end of these press conferences, they'll they'll ask questions about some other topics. Usually this right. happened right as the press conference started, which was beyond inappropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, when somebody's running for office or Joe Biden, I imagine, is running 
to for re-election, uh, then you would ask Joe Biden that question because right. it's a policy question and there's nothing wrong with that. But you don't ask a policy question when the, the topic is about something else to start a press conference. Right. That would be something that you, would, that you would ask towards the end of the press conference. And you know what? You might not be able to get that question in. It's the White House press briefing room and not every journalist gets a ch- chance to ask her a question. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it goes. It would take way too long if every single person had the opportunity to, you know, to ask a question. But right. Um, this is just beyond inappropriate, and uh, you know you can get your credentials stripped away. Uh, Most at a, would do at a UNLV basketball game if yep. you're caught cheering, or if you're. I know somebody that went to a Vegas Golden Knights game uh, as a member of the media, does mm-hmm. a podcast, and he's never allowed to go to a game again because after the Vegas Golden Knights scored a goal, I guess he was caught cheering, standing up and cheering. Which, by the way, is a no-no when you're in the right. media room. But listen. Right. Listen, man, we all pull for teams. I pull yeah. for the Vegas Golden Knights. If you're caught pumping your fist or something, I don't think that should be World War III either. But there's something yeah. called decorum when you're a member of the media. Decorum. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm going to be at the um, UCLA, Gonzaga, Sweet 16, uh, two games on Thursday here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I see a spectacular play deep down inside, I'll probably be cheering. But on right. the outside, I'm not going to show it because I'm right. sitting press row and there's a level of decorum you yeah. have to show, right? Yeah. And, and you we can't all, show bias. Yeah, and there's we all know that. We don't have yeah. to read it on a piece of paper. We all know, for the most part, that if you're a member of the media, you're supposed to act in a certain way. It could be mm-hmm. the, the White House press room, or it could be at a Vegas Golden Knights game. You yeah. have to have a level of decorum and respect for your colleagues, even though many some colleagues that I've had to sit next to at Vegas Golden Knights games, I don't have respect for. But anyway, that's another story for another show. I pretend like I do. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, you know, there's a level of decorum that you have to... Uh, show and clearly this guy simon ataba with today news africa uh boy they must be very proud to have this guy representing them as the chief white house correspondent what an embarrassment this guy is uh it can't happen his his uh in my personal opinion his credentials should be stripped away he should never be allowed to attend another press conference anywhere near joe biden or the white house that's my personal opinion I agree. Um, I want to tell you guys about my favorite gaming bar in town, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Uh, They have some great promotions uh, this month. They have great promotions every month, but this month in March, every Wednesday and Sunday, if you earn 200 points, you get $50 in free slot play. I actually took my mom over there the other day, and she won a few bucks. She loved it. We had dinner over there. The food was great. The atmosphere is great. The bartenders are great. The gaming is great. And I would beg to uh, at least say that uh, the slot machines – at Jackson's Bar and Grill seem to me to be a little bit more loose than many of other places that I've been to. So please check them out. They've got great promotions. Sign up for a player's card and please enjoy it and tell them that I sent you Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. All right. He's Jamie D. I'm Brian Shapiro. We are going to take a quick break and then we are going to switch topics. You know, we've heard rumblings. Is TikTok not going to, is going to be, is it going to be banned in the United States? I hope that's not the case because I really enjoy TikTok. I really like it. But we've heard rumors about that. Is Joe Biden going to ban TikTok in this country? Well, we've got some social media influencers that are going to be joining us next on the show. They only have 1.2 million followers on TikTok (laughs) and 15 million likes. They are a couple. Chris and Aaron are going to be joining us next. They have a large social media platform. As I mentioned, 1.2 million followers on TikTok. I want to get their thoughts on this and more. And by the way, how do you get over a million followers? I need to learn how to do that. (laughs) We'll talk to them next. Uh, We'll take a quick break and uh, be back right after this. and uh, if you want to follow us, Jamie, give out that information so that they all can hear you. Yeah, guys, you need to follow us on PTL Radio Show on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. That's PTL, R-A-D-I-O-S-H-O-W, PTL that's right. Radio Show. I'm still on my old uh, TikTok as well, but that's one of our new ones. So please follow us on there as well. 
Uh, and we will be back with uh, Chris and Aaron right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones, They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Welcome to Hash House A Go-Go, where we've been serving farm food and crafted cocktails for over two decades. Visit us for the full Hash House experience at any of our five Las Vegas locations. Hash House A Go-Go is where old school meets new and gets twisted. We bring people together over good food and fun. Come in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and come hungry because our portions are huge. Visit us online to see our entire menu at hashhouseagogo.com. Hash House A Go-Go. It's a Midwest thing, and there's nothing else like it. 
Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits. And uh, it is, what day is it today? Yes, it's Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. March 21st. Yes, it is. And uh, so glad all of you can join us. And, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, social media platforms like TikTok and Twitter and YouTube and, and, and how, uh, it's changed the way our ways of life is for so many different reasons. And, you know, there are so many people out there, maybe not many, but a lot of people that are, are very good at, uh, social media and social media platforms. And, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the fine couple that we have uh, on with us at this time, uh, have only 1.2 million followers. Yeah, on just TikTok. only, that's not all. too just, much. Just 1.2 million. That's all. Uh, their name's Chris and Aaron. They're a lovely Chris, couple with Aaron. over 15 million likes on TikTok. Uh, they're very good at yoga, by the way. We're going to talk a little bit about some of their videos and how they got this huge following. It's so cool. Uh, Chris and Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. How are you guys doing? What's up, guys? Hey. Doing good. Thanks Amy, for jo- thank for having thanks, us. Guys. On. No problem. Yeah. Nice to have you thanks guys. for. I guess the first question I want to ask you is: When you opened up a TikTok account, did you ever dream that you'd have over a million people following you and have so many fans? Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> we we knew it. We knew it the minute we signed up. No, <laughs> no we. Not. <laughs> we all, we always knew it. It was just a matter of time before someone recognized our talent. Oh my God. <laughs> well, tell me what it is for people that are unfamiliar uh, with what your channel is like and what you guys do. Explain that to us. What are your videos like and what is your channel like? Uh, it's um, it's a rom-com. So it's actually me riddling my wife, um, <laughs> me dancing with my wife, my wife dancing with me. Or actually, I should say, me attempting to dance. So it's really, it's really comedy, watching myself. But my beautiful wife, um, this is this is actually how it happened. We, she decided one night to dance up to me, 
to um, cry to me in our kitchen. She had our, our young daughter hold the camera, dance up to me while I was doing what I do best, which was stuff my face. And uh, she danced up to me. Uh, it was like our fourth TikTok that we had made, and we were just doing it to have fun. This was in November of 2020. And what, uh, so we, you know, we posted the video, went to bed, and we were just having fun. You know, it was, it was a good experience. It was just a fun video. We had a good time, and that's what we were doing. I woke up at like two in the morning and I just went to go take a look at the video and it had 250,000 uh, views. Wow. That's a lot. I went and woke her up. I'm like, babe, I think we did it. And she's like, did what? I'm like, I think we went viral. <laughs> do you feel like what you guys do, it's like a niche, right? Because there's really not a, a lot of other people on social media doing the type of videos that you guys do. And you think that's what makes it so popular. I think so. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you agree? Um, I think for us, we are not the average TikTok couple anyway because we're forties. So there's <laughs> right. that. I mean, Aaron, are you giving know. away some of your tips? I thought you guys were sixty and thirty on TikTok. That's true. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Don't I'm give away the answers. <laughs> Oh, yes. no, no. But no, I just I think we're not conventional in that way, and I think also. Um, because of the riddles and the fact that I truly can, like, I don't know where my glasses are, right? Like right now, I don't know where my it's, glasses are. It really happens. Um, it happens like daily. And I think it's relatable. Mm -hmm. I think it's very relatable. And I think it makes people in a world that's very heavy laugh and feel kind of like, you know, maybe disconnected from that heaviness for that moment because they're like, oh yeah, I've done that before too. I looked for my glasses while they were on my face for like mm -hmm. half of an hour or, <laughs> right. you know, oh, I don't get that riddle. Now, Chris and Aaron, you guys have a lot of great different topics on your TikTok account that really <laughs> makes everybody smile, makes people happy. You bring in a lot of different audiences from all around the world. Again, 1.2 million likes. Congratulations to you both. However, no, 15 are, million likes. No, sorry, 1.2 yeah. million followers <laughs> with 15 million likes. Yeah. That's wow. Congratulations. However, we are hearing more and more in the media and the news that they're looking to ban TikTok in the United States. What would that do for YouTube? Uh, well, for us, it would be very disappointing for lots of reasons, not, not just not, I mean, mainly because we love making videos. We love making people laugh. We love doing what we do. Uh, we're extremely passionate about it. So it would not only be very disappointing, but from a business perspective for us, um, it doesn't make sense. You know, we, TikTok has changed our lives in ways that we won't have enough time even to go into right. uh, here in the segment, but it's not just us. I mean, we get messages daily from people who, as an example, we get messages sometimes from people who are in the hospital and they have cancer. Mm -hmm. And what they tell us is that watching your videos just helps me get through what I'm going through, mm -hmm. which we would never... I mean, Aaron and I don't really consider ourselves to be, you know, a big deal. Like that's what's, that's, what's ironic is for us. It's just, we just are us. Right. And these, but so many people, we bring them joy with our videos each and every day. And I just think 
if that's not something that is still go is still going on, mm-hmm. that's a shame. Now, Chris, you're speaking about how you have so much different influence in the community, and you're helping those with cancer, those who just want to get a laugh, and people who are just literally just scrolling on social media and just come upon your page. There are so many different comments out there in the media that just, that just says, well, it's just TikTok. There's going to be another platform being made. Just go to Instagram, go to Facebook. Don't you think that you could just change over platforms? Or can you explain to the people how that isn't just as simple as it seems? Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not that simple. I mean, can, is it technically simple in terms of, you know, maybe moving the content? Perhaps, but it's but it's not because... Our, we, we don't consider them to be followers. We have a family. Like, it's our cyber family, and that's how we look at it. Yeah, and I think another thing that's important to stress is that each platform has an endearing, like, place for that platform. Mm-hmm. So we started on TikTok. TikTok is the place that we first did what we did. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it's like a family for us. But each platform serves a different purpose too. Yeah. So what the content that we use on TikTok and the things that we use on TikTok, like we've actually been running church mm-hmm. for two years from TikTok. Wow. And if it wasn't for TikTok, some of these people wouldn't be doing church. Right. So again, I, I think that this attempted ban is would be catastrophic in so many different ways yeah no i agree i agree and and i want to ask you guys this question if you're just joining us by the way chris and aaron from tiktok uh very popular 1.2 million followers 15 million likes so if justin bieber opens up a tiktok page or a big name celebrity it's easy for them to get millions of followers right quick but but let's just be honest about it you know people across the country didn't know who you guys were you opened up this tiktok account you have 1.2 million followers so my question to you is what advice would both of you give to people out there, millennials out there that are trying to be known on social media, even if they're getting started or they're struggling? What advice would you two give to them on how to get more followers and how to get me more people involved with whatever they're doing on social media? Um, I would say first and foremost, you need to be yourself. And on top of that, you need to be a kind caring, humble person. One thing that Chris and I have always been very conscious of is the fact that these people, we do not call them our followers. We call them our family. We don't think that we're bigger or better than them. We love them and we appreciate every bit of support. So we go out of our ways to write messages. Like I said, we do church every Sunday with our TikTok family. We answer DMs. I mean, we're invested. This mm-hmm. is not just a, we're going to get, we actually really care. We wouldn't have met Jamie if it wasn't for TikTok. That's facts. <laughs> you know? and, and the thing is, is that like Jamie's another perfect example of somebody who I think would be a great representation of care and concern. Well, thank you. Thank you. It, it's obvious that he does. And, and so again, you know, if you're trying to build a following, you want to build it with the right intention mm-hmm. and you want to have the integrity behind it. Right. Now, Chris and Aaron, you all really show your true caring emotion on social media and you show how you care for your family. Again, for those who are just not listening, that's what they call their followers and each other. But let the audience know 
how has TikTok actually changed your outside world? Because when we look at TikTok, it just looks like you get on, you turn the camera on, you make funny, silly, goofy, or quirky videos, and then you go home. But well, talking to you personally, I know that it's changed your life career-wise. Tell us about that. Uh, well, so I used, I had a full-time job uh, up until, I guess, the end of 20. 2021. Yeah. And, uh, and so I worked a full-time job. We actually, we have a business that we're still operating. It's called strike fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can talk about the yoga too, uh, if you guys want to, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, I used to work a full-time job. We were running a full-time business and what TikTok has allowed us to do is I, I, we now that's, this is what we do full-time. The other thing it's changed is the lighting in our house. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I have learned, I have learned so many things about so many things that I never thought that we would be involved in and be doing. I mean, editing apps and um, sounds and, oh, and this is a great one because we are older. This is a classic. You know how so many people are like, oh, you know, you just do this with this. And I'm discovering new ways to use TikTok every day. (laughs) And we've been doing (laughs) we've been doing it for uh, you know, three years now. So, right. I also, you're forgetting, Jamie. I'm I would like to say sure. the thing I think and it is endearing to me, and it would almost make me cry, but I'll try not to. <laughs> um, it has it has truly strengthened our marriage in a way mm-hmm. that Beautiful. I, if you had told me three years ago that an app would make my marriage better, I would have laughed at you. I would have been like, yeah, right. Um, But going into the pandemic, we were were coming off of a high because we went to a marriage show and we were, you know, really working on getting our marriage in a solid place because our business had just... We were on the brink of divorce. Yeah, at at one point we were on the divorce. Yeah. And it was because of our business, not because of us. And so TikTok gave us the freedom to step back from the business, not step away because we still are involved, but to step back and to step into each other. Mm -hmm. And so to say that we are more in love and more in sync and more united than we've Mm -hmm. ever been. And we owe a lot of that to this app. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't put a price on that. No, yeah. I, I think that's so cool uh, to make a, a terrible joke. But I think it's somewhat true. When somebody tells me that an app strengthened their marriage, the first thing that comes to my mind is pornography. Oh, Brian. Uh, yeah, I know. It's horrible. <laughs> Usually not TikTok. This is so, going to go straight into my next question. So, so I congratulate you on that. And, and, and I'm happy that TikTok brought you guys Ooh. closer together. I think that's so awesome. That's my <laughs> dirty mind. I apologize for that. Um I want because we only got a few more minutes left here. I want to ask you guys about the yoga. How do people get involved uh, with uh, your business with yoga? Mm-hmm. Can you please give out that information to our listeners so they can follow you? I mean, it doesn't sound like you absolutely need a lot more followers, right. but yeah, plenty. But share some. But yeah, give that information <laughs> out about the yoga. Uh, well, so so what our well, Aaron and I actually created a workout ourselves. It's called Strike, and it's actually MMA and hip hop combined together. Wow. And love that. Aaron was on a reality show with Jillian Michaels in 2015, uh, called sweating. Okay. Aaron. And that, aired, yeah, that show actually aired, um, on Paramount. Network. She really is hot in person. By she, the way. she looks exactly. 
<laughs> like it's like you look at her it's and you're true. like, oh my god, you're not photoshopped. I'm hearing girl crush from Aaron. It's a tiny little fire plug, but um, but that's what we we did that, and actually, the reason that we did social media. This is that this is the funniest part is. The real goal of our social media was to work and grow our fitness business. It ended up actually becoming just about our relationship and mm-hmm. about Aaron and myself, which, which is great. But that's the thing. Our Strike Fitness program is the only one of its kind. And we continue to have trademark. Class, trademark. Mm-hmm. We continue nice. to teach, but it's a ace accredited. That's right. <laughs> Um, but it's, it takes, I was, I'm a retired MMA fighter. I was a professional MMA fighter for about six years and Aaron has been a dancer her whole life. And we took those two things and we combined them together. And that is what our, our workout is all about. And we have an app that people can download with, which has over a hundred workouts. We have, we love you guys. Yeah. We actually have a strike fitness page, uh, and an Instagram as well. So there's lots of ways to connect with us and we have online programs, you know, all kinds of different things that people can have access to. Mm. And we've also run challenges that involve an online, you know, video program as well. Right. And we have here in person in Charleston. Okay. And, nice. And we're getting ready to do a fitness concert for children. Oh, okay. In, here in Charleston, and we're super excited about that because we're going to really bring awareness that movement enhances mm. and can help with mental health. Yeah, and I that. think that it's so important to be touched on, and especially now more than ever with our children. So we have rented a space; it's twenty thousand square feet, and our goal mm. is to get a thousand kids there. And we're also going to run a virtual um aspect of that we're gonna, we're gonna live stream it okay that's nice great. that's great well that's really great chris and aaron you guys are doing so great on tiktok i'm really appreciative of you guys being here on this platform with us you did just speak about how a lot of your work will deal with children and as we know on social media there's a lot of kids looking at our different types of content brian spoke about porn and uh, let's not even get into that but there are bad content on tiktok now we all know tiktok is very strict and also very extra when it comes to just giving out flags and 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 strikes to everybody for no reason you can just look at your partner and like too sexual and you're like whoa i just just hugged my partner i just looked at them yeah let us know how do you think your content is portrayed to children and do you think that your content is okay to be seen by children under 13 um so i feel like Chris and I are kind of like in that middle, you know, there are people that you watch that are like, you would be like, no, don't let your kids see that at all ever. And then there are people and you'd be like, Hey kids sit down. And maybe if you wanted them to watch it. And then there's me and Chris, like depending on what type of content we put up, we try to do the best we can to always keep it PG 13 at, max just because we are parents Mm -hmm. and we know that you know our children film a lot of our tiktoks and gag when (laughs) like like, gagging and they're like discussing um but but i mean those are our kids who don't want to see their parents right right that's normal and and i will say i know that a lot of kids do love our riddles and most of the time our riddles are 
pretty PG. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, I think parenting is subjective. And I think I, one, have always told myself, I'll never tell another person how to parent because what I allow and what I do is not something that maybe another parent would do. So I think it would just be something like, I know there are people there. I know there are adults that scour at our content. We have, we've had people write on our videos, porn. Yeah. And we're like, what are you talking <laughs> now, about? Right. Now, that's, that's, that's not what I saw when I <laughs> right, went on your TikTok now. <laughs> Let it? me say this. You guys better look out because I'm approaching 10,000 followers. So you guys better better watch out. Yeah, that's right. Pushing the limits. Yeah, look out. No, in all seriousness, um, I love your story. Love them. I love the fact that you know TikTok and social media help bring you guys even closer together, and and you're bringing people so much joy, and and you're a positive, not just on TikTok, but wherever you are. And and I just love that about both you guys. I'd love to have you guys come on again sometime. And if you're ever in Vegas, please hit Jamie up, and, and we'll have you in studio. But yes, I, I really, I really do appreciate. I really do appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, uh, I am going to post some of these videos up on there, and I and I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to join us and continued success okay thank you Chris and Aaron thank you guys thank you guys and, and listen we love it we anytime. love it anytime that we can do anything to help yeah. appreciate it love it hopefully you know um, the TikTok will be here yes <laughs> let's right. Let's hope so. Uh, yeah, but you know, even if it's not, you guys will be successful with whatever, whatever platform you're on. Uh, Eric, uh, Aaron and Chris, thank you guys so much for being here. Appreciate yes, both of you thank so you much. Guys. All right. There you have it, everybody. Only 1.2 million followers. That's Only. all. That's all they got. <laughs> Just 1.2 million. Not too much. Just 15 million likes. I'm lucky to get 15 people to like me uh, uh, on the planet Earth, let alone <laughs> let alone on TikTok. Well, so I like you, Brian. So that's 16. <laughs> that's 16. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Those guys are awesome. Well, we got a little treat tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Garoppolo. Uh, Jamie, who was just signed by the Las Vegas Raiders, mm-hmm. uh, a local strip club, uh, Larry Flint Hustler Ooh. Club, is offering them a half a million dollars in services. I'll explain exactly what that means can tomorrow. We <laughs> well, maybe we can, but the general manager of Hustler is going to be joining us tomorrow to talk about nice. uh, what they're offering Mr. Caropolo. Something tells me they might he might not need any help when it comes to women, but uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Give out that social media platform. Yes, guys, you're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Remember, you have to follow us on social media at PTL Radio Show. Currently, we're on PTL Vegas, but we will be moving over. So again, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. P-T-L-R-A-D-I-O-S-H-O-W, PTL Radio Show. That's right. Jamie, this was his first official show as, as my co-host. I hope it wasn't too torturous for wow, him. This is great. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, I'm glad he's here. Uh, I, I really, truly am. So tomorrow we're going to have some fun. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on the Trump indictment watch. And uh, appreciate all of you guys for joining us. And we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody. Peace out, guys.